Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. If I haven't greeted you, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy 2017 to all of us. Imagine it's already been one week out of 52. Very fast. Now, before we uh, continue with our service, our worship of God this morning, we'd like to call your attention to this following video. As you know, every year, CCF Maine and all the CCF churches all over the world, now we can really say that all over the world, because by God's grace and his power, he has expanded the mission of CCF. And every week, every year, we spend one week, sometimes even twice a year, we do this. So this coming sep September, <laughs> January 9 to 14, we will have our prayer and fasting. So watch this video, please. With one heart, one voice, as one body, with one purpose, we lift to you our nation, our church, our family, our friends, that peace will come, doors will open, chains will break, relationships will heal. Prepare us, O Lord, as we join our hearts and hands, as together we intercede. Are you going to join us for prayer? I hope you will. Uh, we have uploaded we have uploaded everything for your convenience. It is available at the website, www.ccfla.com. It's in PDF form. We encourage you to pray with us. You see, the Bible does not say prayer or fasting. The Bible says prayer and fasting. Jesus said when you pray and fast, so prayer coupled with fasting. Now what is fasting? It is not a weight loss program. Fasting is disciplining your body to commune with the Lord. You are giving up your physical needs so that you can commune with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a saying in CCF, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. We have some of our congregation who are going through a lot of physical difficulty. Last week, we announced that Mike Santos's brother-in-law, Joel Velasquez, was hospitalized with a tumor. Success in the surgery, but he still has a long way to go. Our brother, George Lanusga, was hospitalized for gallstones. But unbeknownst to all of you, he was actually being screened for cancer. And I got a text message. The Lord has answered our prayer. He's clear of cancer. Praise God. 
Praise God. So this morning, I believe he's currently in the, in the operating room to remove uh, his gallbladder. But yesterday, as we were visiting with George, oh, by the way, the mother of our brother Nat. How old, uh, Raquel? Oh, very, very young. 1996 ba? Oh, 96 years old. Sorry. 96 years old. She was brought over from the Philippines because she was diagnosed with colon cancer by God's amazing grace. She is fully covered with her insurance. Surgery was a success and she is now home being rehabilitated. She's very strong after two, three days after surgery. She was walking. When I visited, she was singing to me in Tagalog. Praise be to God. When we were visiting with George yesterday, my phone rings. And it's our sister, Joam Cabrera. Near tears on the phone. Pastor, I need your prayer. Something is wrong with Bogi. They were supposed to go here to remove this. But in God's wisdom, they went to Cerritos to drop off some items in, in the place where they meet. Long story short, Brother Bogi suffered a brain stroke. That's why he, has not, he is not here this morning. But because they were in Cerritos, but because bra Sister Joam was quick enough to respond, they were brought to the nearest hospital, which was Lakewood Regional. And as I drove in, there is this banner in the hospital. Stroke Center. Who would orchestrate all of those stuff? That you would suffer a stroke right near the stroke center. So I went in. In the ER. He could not talk. That's where the, the stroke occurred. The area, that part of the brain that affects his speech. So when the nurse spoke to him, what's your name? Edwin. He could not speak. When I came in, his blood pressure was 176 over 109. Sister Joan posted something on Facebook this morning. When he was brought in, his blood pressure was 230 over 150. But by God's grace, our brother is alive. And then, he started to remove his, his wires. So me and the nurse said, No, 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 don't remove. <laughs> All of a sudden, he can speak. Very continuous. And then he stood up, he got the, imagine, huh? this is a brain stroke. He stood up beside the bed. God is amazing. So please continue to pray for all of this. Our brother Joel, 
Mami Mabini. Tama ba? Yes, I'm not that old yet. Mami Mabini, Joel Velasquez, George Lanusga, and our brother Bogi. By God's grace, we are still working here. The, the music is up and running. So praise be to God. We always uh, want to greet our CCF family, those who are celebrating birthdays. Today is the birthday of Sister Kimberly Ruiz. Yes. Uh, Ryan Recto. I'm not sure who he is. Maybe he owns Recto Boulevard. Where is he? My son, where's your son? Oh, you see? That's why I do not know him because he's in Vegas. All right. Sorry about that. But uh, they have the same birthday? Wow. Wow. Such economy. You have only one birthday party. Beautiful. Our brother Fonti, Carlo Fontanilla, today also on the 8th. Tomorrow, our sister Maria Young, our host in Cerritos. Joel Mercado, our bassist, and our young couple's uh, group leader over there on the 11th. Sofia Bejerano on the 13th. Yay! Kisha on the 13th. Another joint celebration, Pede. And next Sunday, our brother Francis will celebrate his birthday. Yes. And uh, happy anniversary. We have one anniversary. It's Mario and Marilyn Maliari on the 14th. All right. Now it's the beginning of the new year. So what do we do? We continue. We're back. Right? So our apex will uh, resume and they will continue in their study of the book of Luke, which also means that the apex young people, they will continue, they will resume their midweek meetings. All of them are Fridays, one in Riverside, in North Hollywood, in Chino, and in Cerritos. So wherever you are, you have young people from junior high to college. This is where you should send your young people. And of course, just be wise enough to bring them to the place that is closest to you. All right? Now, what was the message last Sunday? Our New Year's message. What was it? Control, Alt, Delete. If you push these three buttons in your computer keyboard, what will happen? Reset, reboot, or restart. Right? So it's the new year. So we reset. We cannot do anything about 2016. But we can always move forward in 2017. And we just discussed this in our D group last Thursday. And we just asked one question. What will you reset? That was the question. Doesn't have to be complicated. What will you reset? And one by one, we just shared this is the area that I need to reset. This is the area that I need to reset. This is the area that I need to reset. So now we know that the members of our D group, this is what they're planning for this year. So we can pray for them. Control. Give up control of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Alt. Live an alternative lifestyle of holiness, obedience to God. Del, deliver the gospel message to anyone and everyone willing to listen. Reset. Reset our minds. Stop living in the past. Live for today, but invest for tomorrow. Many people live for tomorrow, but they forget the present. 
We forget the present. So follow the words of Paul. Forgetting what lies behind, I press on. This morning, we're still not going back to our study in the book of Exodus. And I've committed that first part of the year, we will keep on reminding you and reminding you and reminding you. Let me give you a scenario. You're a student. You have an, an exam in calculus. You know calculus? Okay. No? Okay. Maybe you're a chef. Okay. That was my son pala. So do not ask him about mathematics. Okay. All right. Calculus. Final exam. You need to pass your calculus exam. If you do not pass it, you will fail the whole year. Right? So you study economics. You study grammar. You study everything else. And then you take the exam and you fail. Why? Because you did not study for your calculus exam. Your mortgage is due. You have not been so faithful in paying your mortgage on time. So the bank told you, one more time you miss and we will initiate foreclosure proceedings. So you cut the check. It's there. Payable to whomever the bank you bank with. Then you remember, oh, I have to go grocery. Oh, the car, check engine light. So you bring it to the dealer. You have it checked. And then, oh, you have to pick up your kid from school. And you decide, oh, we don't have food for dinner. Let me go to the grocery or the restaurant so I can buy food. And then you come home, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Ay, the day, beautiful. What happened? What happened? Huh? You forgot to pay your mortgage. You forgot it. So what happened? The bank will now initiate foreclosure proceedings. Why? Because you forgot to do the most important thing. My message this morning is entitled TMT. Not TNT because that explodes. TMT. What is TMT? The main thing. If you and I forget the main thing, everything is what? Practically useless. You did everything for the day, but you forgot the main thing, which was to pay the bank. You did everything necessary, except you did not study for the calculus exam. If you and I miss the main thing, What's the main thing? Can I share with you what the main thing is? What's the main thing? 
Why do we exist as a fellowship? Why do we exist as a church? Why do we congregate? Why? Because of this main thing. Let's all read it, shall we? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Let's all read. And... God, you have given us your word, and your word is very clear. You have given us the main thing. God, as we look to you this morning, will you speak to all of us that we might keep the main thing, the main thing, and do what you have commanded us. For your glory, and in the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. What's the message today? The main thing. Last words are very important. These words Jesus Christ gave to us near the point of his suffering, death, and eventual resurrection. And what is the main thing? First, we begin with the main thing. I just have four points for us this morning. The main thing, point number one, the mandate. The mandate is from someone who has all authority. I occupy a supervisory position. But if my deputy or the director of our office supersedes my instructions, who do you think my employees will follow? Me? Or the deputy director or the director? The one who is higher up. Why? Because they have more authority over me. Correct? Now, who is this person that gives us the mandate? And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, What? All authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So who has authority over everything and everyone, both in heaven and on earth? Who? Jesus. And who is giving us this mandate? Jesus. Why? Because he has all authority. If I tell you some to do something that is against the word of God, you have a right not to follow me. Why? Because the authority is the word of God. On the other hand, if I'm telling you to do something that is in line with the word of God, and the word of God is the authority, do you think you should follow? I believe so. And who is this person giving us this mandate? This all-authority person? Jesus Christ. Now, who is he? Colossians 1, 16. For in him, meaning Jesus Christ, in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers 
or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. So who was present at creation? Jesus Christ. Do you see His power? Everything was created through Him. And this Him is the one who is giving us this mandate. This Him, Jesus Christ, is the one in whom all authority is vested in. So you think we should listen to Him? I believe so. Let me share with you from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is this that is being referred to? Jesus. So not only does Jesus have all authority, both in heaven and on earth, who is Jesus? He is? He's God. God is telling you and I. God is giving us a mandate from Him, meaning Jesus Christ. Nothing came into being that has come into being. Is He powerful? And if the person who has all authority tells you something to do, do you think you and I should listen and pay attention to what he wants us to do? I believe so. Nothing in all creation came into being without him. And everything that came into being is only because of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is telling us something. He is giving us the main Thing. And what is the main thing? Second point. The mission. First mandate. All authority. And he's giving us a mission. And what is that mission? Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Pastor Peter always does this grammar trick. What is the main verb? And of course, we are very good at Greek and all that stuff. And what will we say? Go. And then he will say, wrong. The main verb in this passage is make disciples. So in other words, the main thing that the person who has all authority is telling you and I, is that as we go about our daily lives, go make disciples. So what is the main thing? Make disciples. Now, a Christian is someone who has Christ. Okay? If you have Christ, that's Christ in you, you are a Christian. Is that what the Bible is telling us to do? Where? Does it say go make Christians? What does it say? Make disciples. Therefore, there is a difference between a Christian and a disciple. Yes or no? If there is a difference, then who or what is a disciple? A disciple is a Christian who follows Christ. You share the gospel. This person places his or her faith in Christ. Disciple or not? 
Christian, yes or no? Disciple? Why? Because a disciple, Greek, Mathetes, is a follower. So until and unless this Christian who was just recently born again begins to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, he may or may not yet be a disciple. And if he does not even follow, you have to go back to square one. Maybe he has not understood or he has not understood what being born again really means. Because by the word born again means what? There is a change. Some people are so excited. Pastor, ever since I came to know Jesus Christ, my life has changed 360. Wait. If you change 360, guess what? You are back where you started from. Right? You all change 180. If you're headed towards sin, turn around and go back to God. Not 360. You know why? If you turn 360, you'll get dizzy. Just 180. Away, turn your back from your life of sin and turn your life running towards God. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2 and 5. Why do we need to go and make disciples? How will these people become disciples? We first have to introduce them to Jesus Christ so that they can become Christians and then we can help them to follow. Second Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and extraction. But you be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your mission, your ministry. A Christian is someone who has Christ. It is your responsibility and mine to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are what? You are evangelizing them. You are presenting to them the good news. You are introducing them to the gospel. And may I ask the Chino group, what is the gospel? Only Chino group, huh? What's the gospel? I absent. <laughs> What's the Chino group? The gospel. Come on. Okay. We need more practice. <laughs> what is the gospel? Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. That is the good news. And it is part of our mandate to introduce people to a loving and saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If I tell them, you know, this is what you will follow, this is what you need to do. And they do not understand. They do not know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Hello? Why will I want to follow him? Who is he? So I need to introduce them first to who Jesus Christ is. What Jesus Christ has done for them. And how they can be saved. First, I need to bring them to a saving knowledge of truth. That's why Paul wrote, I am in Romans 1.16. I am not 
ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is the power of God. It is not based on your eloquence or mine. Whatever you know or you do not know, the gospel has inherent in it the saving power of salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But it is only power, it is only saving to those who believe. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation for those who believe. And you don't believe. Are you part of that verse? Can you claim that you are saved, that you are going to heaven? If you have not believed, and Romans tells us, Romans chapter 10. How will they believe if no one tells them? How will someone tell them if nobody goes? How can they go if they are not sent? Who sends us? Go, therefore, and make disciples. Who is sending us? Pastor Danny? Pastor Insong? Pastor Reggie? Pastor Peter? My friends, the mandate is from the Lord Jesus Christ in whom all authority is vested. And he's telling you and I, go! Make disciples. Introduce them to Jesus Christ. That's the first, first step. See, when he says, go make disciples, we should not stop at just introducing someone to Jesus Christ. This person is just someone who has Christ. But the mandate, the mission is what? Make, dis make disciples. Help this new believer to know God and to follow God. Because that is the main thing. The problem is with, if we do not Help them to follow God. You know, do you, do you remember the parable of the foil, four soils? Yes. And there was a sower who sowed the seed. And then Jesus explains what happened. The seed is the word of God. So he shared the seed. He shared the word of God. What happened to the first soil? The seed was taken away by whom? The devil, Satan, takes it away. So if I am given the opportunity to introduce a person to Jesus Christ, and Lord willing, I have the opportunity to help this person grow in his or her relationship, I should take that because that is the main thing. Not only to make them Christians, but to make them followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. To make disciples. The disciples are not born. They are made. That is what God is telling us. Make disciples. If they were born disciples, we don't need to make disciples. Yes? Mandate. Mission. What's the mission? Make disciples. What's the main thing? Make disciples. Introduce them to Jesus Christ. 
encouraged them to make a public confession of their faith, which is done through the baptism of water, and then help them grow to become more like Christ. What's the measure? In everything and anything that you and I do, it should be measurable, correct? You look at your pay stub. How many days did I work? Then you can more or less measure. Ah, I'm going to get my full 15-day salary this week. When I went home to Manila, I did not have enough vacation time. So guess what? Approve absence without pay. So I have to measure how much salary is going into my bank account so that I know I have enough so that when my automatic payments come in, I will not be penalized by the bank. When you engage in business, you do calculations. You do some measurements. How much is my return? When you plant, you always expect to harvest more. There is always a measure, right? So what is the measure? Let's read verse 20. I absent. Okay. Teaching them. Teaching them. Yes? Teaching them. Yes or no? Yes and no. Teaching is not enough, my friends. Bible study is very important, but it's not enough if you want to make disciples. If I teach you, what do you gain? Knowledge. Information. How will this knowledge or information translate and become wisdom? When you begin to practice what you know, your wisdom, I mean your information or your knowledge translates to wisdom. Bible tells us walk as wise. So it means you have information. Bible study teaching you about the Bible is important. But that is not the main thing. The main thing is to teach you to obey all. When you are there thinking, I knew it. Pastor Rinsong was going to remind us again. Pastor Danny always remind us again. Do you know that this is not new? This is not new. This is not only a New Testament principle. When Moses died, it was Joshua who brought the Israelites over into the promised land. And what did God tell Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's the word of God. 
but you shall meditate on it day and night. Oh, Bible study. Quiet time. Meditation. Yes? Yeah, so it's important. Yes? But look, it goes on. For what purpose? For what purpose must we study? For what purpose must we meditate on the Word of God? So that, what? You may be careful to do? Same or not same? Observe all. What does it say in Joshua? Be careful to do all. Depending on your version, it will say, Be careful to do everything that it that is written in it does god want us to obey all so what is the measure of our discipleship what is the standard that we must strive for it is what to obey all uh pastor how about holiness? If you are obeying all, are you not walking in holiness? Yes or no? Obey all. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Children, obey your parents. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Isn't that all? Preach the gospel in season and out of season. That's part of it. Yes? So everything that you and I need to do as the main thing is already incorporated in Matthew 28. What do you want to do? I want missions. No problem. Go therefore into all the nations. Oh, Najan. Right? It's there. It's like a one-stop shop. Teach them Bible study. But don't stop there. Why? The problem with just having Bible study is this. And I submit this for your consideration. Bible study simply informs you. Bible study simply gives you knowledge. And what is the problem or what is the danger with that? 1 Corinthians 8, 1-3. Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Here's the problem. Knowledge makes arrogant. In other translations, it says, knowledge puffs up. It's like yeast. Those of you who bake, you are making dough. And then for the dough to rise, what do you put? You put yeast. What is yeast? Bacteria. So if you only study, meditate, read the Bible just to know it, we're not yet there. The hardest persons, the hardest people to teach is who? The one who says he knows everything. Right? You and I were like that once. 
maybe when you were first invited to a Bible study, come. At least I know. My wife invited me. So, you know, where you were in the States, I was here in the Philippines, and I uh, was invited to go to CCF. This was 1987. Some of you were not yet born. Why don't we go? What is my most humble answer? Alam ko na Why do I know it? Because when I was courting her, we would go to church and I would hear. And the preaching was about the Bible. The preaching was about Jesus Christ. There was an altar call. I also went up. Of course, I put my cigarettes in my back pocket. So in my mind, alam ko na I know that. Now, if you're a person who says that you know, how can you be taught? Bible study is important. Pastor, how about humility? Oh, if you desire to obey all, is that not being humble? I submit to you that command to obey all is all-encompassing. What character trait do you study about Jesus Christ? Did Jesus Christ obey all? Yes. He obeyed everything to the point of death. Even death on the cross. The main thing is our mandate is from Jesus Christ who has all authority and is giving us a mission to go and make disciples and the measure of our success or the growth of the individual is to obey all. What's the motivation? Why will I want to do something? I wake up at 5.20 each morning, do my routine, shower, change, and leave the house at approximately 10 minutes to 6 to get to my work at approximately 7 a.m. And then I will work until 4, leave, and it'll take me about an hour to an hour and a half to get back home. Why do I wake up so early? Why? Because I will get paid. Yes? Why will you want to wake up so early and then not get paid? You might be so, you know, engrossed in your routine. And you wake up at 5 o'clock, you shower, you change, you go, and then your wife is looking at you. Like it's weird. Why? Oh, I have to go to work. Holiday. <laughs> it becomes second nature to you. Why? Because you're motivated. Those of you who are the group leaders, why do you prepare? Why you spend extra time? Why you're motivated? Why? Because you have the group meeting. What's your motivation? What's the main thing? Make disciples. We have the mandate from Jesus Christ. We have the mission to make disciples. We have the measure, which is to obey all. And then what's the motivation? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's your motivation? May I encourage you. 
our motivation should be Jesus Christ. The blessing, financial, material, whatever it is, is just the gravy. But my motivation is Jesus Christ. Intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the greatest blessing. Jesus Christ is why I do what I do. And his promise is if we obey this, to follow his mandate, to follow the mission and to encourage people to strive to obey all so that they can grow more and more like Christ. His promise is that he will be with you. He will be with you always. Now why is it important that we obey all? And what is the promise of Jesus Christ that he is saying to us that he will be with us always. John 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. That's obedience, right? Yes? He who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So, the love language of God is obedience. He who keeps my commands is he who loves me. So that's how the Lord our God equates our love to him. Yes? And he who loves me will be loved my, by, by my father. I will love him. And what? And will disclose. I will reveal myself to him. Therefore, as you and I obey God, obey all that God has entrusted to us through his word, you and I will get to know Jesus more. That relationship will grow deep and the only way is through our faithful obedience to all. He who has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. And what is the promise? He who loves me will be loved by my, by my father, and I will love him, and I will disclose, I will reveal myself to him. Not only will you have knowledge about Jesus Christ through his word, but you will have experiential knowledge about who Jesus Christ is. They have a saying in America about pie. The proof of the pudding is in its tasting. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How will you taste if you choose not to obey? How will you be able to claim the promises of God if you choose not to obey? And why will you obey? Because I love Jesus. 
And the bonus is, as I love and express my love for Jesus through obedience, He will make Himself known to me. In 23 and 24, He said, now, in verse 22, Judas replied. He questioned Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. It's like a repeat. We will come to him and make our abode with him. So who is now in you? Jesus. God the Father, and who indwells each born-again child of God? Who? The Holy Spirit. So whom do you have? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We will make our abode with you. Jesus will reveal himself to you. Because he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And how can I experience his presence? He's already given us that. No problem. Done deal. When you are in Christ, Christ is in you. But it's a different matter altogether. To experience him on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. And friends, there is no shortcut. We must keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is what? Make disciples. The mandate is from Jesus Christ, the one in whom all authority is given. The mission is to make disciples of all nations. Preach the gospel in season and out of season and help these new believers in their walk to become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We encourage them to reach for the measure to obey all and help them be motivated that by doing this, you will get to know Jesus Christ even more. I want to make you a little uncomfortable. If you are doing everything else except making disciples, are you really obeying God? If you are in CCF, Christ Commission Fellowship, but you are not willing to make disciples, can you please forgive me to ask this? Are you in the right church? Because our mission, our life goal is to make disciples of all nations. Because that is the main thing. And I'm going to preach this every January of every year till kingdom come. Amen ba? Amen. Because that's the main thing. Anything and everything that we do should be allied to the mission that the one who has authority has entrusted to us. And of course, your next question is, I don't have a group. Who is the Bible referring to? 
So you're going to see these two acrostics from now on as open as we can. Can we read that? What is that? Imad. How about this? Ifad. I was amused by the ifad because, you know, if you mispronounce uh, it, ifod. That's a measure in the Old Testament, right? And he brought ifod. What is this? Who is given this mission? Who? Everybody. Everybody. Praise God. It's not just your D group leaders. It's not just your leadership. It's not just your pastor. It's given to everybody. Therefore, every member a discipler. A discipler. If you are not discipling anyone, if you are not being discipled, Houston, we have a problem. Right? So what's Ifad? Your next question is, but who will I disciple? I do not belong to any part of a D group. Ah, yung problema na yun. Right? So who? Many times we keep on looking outside. Who will I disciple? Who do we usually forget? Our family. Why? Okay na yan. Okay na yan. They don't need to be discipled. Why? They're my family. SOP na yan. Understood na yan. No. We want every member of CCF globally, not only CCFLA, to be a discipler. To be a discipler means that you are being discipled. And until you are discipling somebody, you're not yet a discipler. And if you're looking for people to disciple, don't look any further. Begin with your family. How can I be more like Christ? How can I be more like Christ? Who will tell you the brutal truth? Your spouse your children. And when they tell you the brutal truth, if you really want to be more like Christ, you will listen and you will apply. Why? I want to be more like Christ. I want to obey all. Why? Because I want to please my Lord and my Savior my master, the lover of my soul, the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the main thing? Make disciples. How? By teaching them to obey all. And we are going to practice obeying all this morning. Because Jesus Christ told us two things. To baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism. And second, 
to remember his death, which is the celebration of the Lord's table. And we're going to do that this morning. And as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper, we read his command through the Apostle Paul. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that Jesus on the night in which he betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup. This, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, is he the, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. It's a very serious thing between you and the Lord. The warning to us is that we should not partake in an unworthy manner. And how do you and I partake in an unworthy manner? By taking and partaking of the juice and the bread, you're saying that Jesus Christ is indeed who he says he is. That you have a personal relationship with him. Second, if you already have a personal relationship with him, but you are not willing to give up known sin, then also inhibit yourself from partaking. Because the warning is very clear. Those who have partaken of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, some of them have fallen sick, and some of them have even died. So as we prepare our hearts this morning, just between you and the Lord, as our brother Ephraim playing some music for us, just ask yourselves, who is Jesus Christ to you? Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? Or just Savior, but not Lord of your life? Time could be now for you to commit your life to Jesus Christ. The time could be now that you commit to follow the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what because you love Him and you want to experience the reality of His presence in your life. On the night He was betrayed, He took bread. He broke it and said, This is my body which is given up for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for taking all of our sins upon your body on the tree where you died in our place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us unconditionally. And if you obeyed all, Lord Jesus, help us to obey all that you have commanded us in the hope that you will disclose and reveal yourself to all of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's partake together.
In the same way, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he said, Take the cup and drink from it. For this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And that alone, my friend, should be enough to deter us from committing any and all sin. Because knowing that Jesus Christ shed His blood for that sin. Lord Jesus, thank You that though our sins are like scarlet, Your blood has made them white as snow. Thank You for shedding Your blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And help us, Lord God, to run away from sin and run towards You every time we are tempted. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving up your body and shedding your blood. Let's partake of the juice together. Lord Jesus, you made it clear that you want all of us to make disciples of all nations. Help us, Lord, to be discipled and to disciple others as well. Because this is what you have laid down your life for. And this is the mandate, the command, the mission, and the commission that you have given to each and every born-again believer. Forgive us, Lord, if we have not taken this seriously. And if we need to, Lord God, reset our focus, restart and embrace the main thing, which is to make disciples. We know, Lord God, that this, if this is the thing that we do, you have assured us that you are directly involved in making disciples. And help us, Lord, to obey so that in the process of our obedience, you will reveal yourself to us in the most real and most personal way that we have ever, ever encountered. Be glorified, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.